0: Welcome to The Last Word on Spurs. We hope you're keeping safe and well. If you're listening to the show for the very first time, you can follow us on iTunes, Acast, Spotify, Boom. We're across all major social media platforms. We're on Twitter at Last Word on Spurs. We're on Facebook and Instagram too. And no, this is not Richard Cracknell you're hearing, who's been our wonderful host throughout this season, but he is on this show with us, thank God. You're back with me, unfortunately. Ricky Sachs is in the building here. I hope everybody's keeping safe and well. Back to try and reflect, dissect, review Spurs' game against Everton, but there's still much, much more on the agenda for this show, helping me get through the next hour. i like to have the man who has saved my life quite considerably in these last few months, the wonderful Richard Cracknell, with alongside me. Rich, how are you? Who are you?
2: What are you doing in my throne? Get out! You're right.
0: You're right. Who are you? What this is what am my I? show now. <laughs> <laughs> you have been uh, a diamond. I can say it on air. Richard Cracknell has saved
2: my life. Oh, shucks. Uh, mate, listen, it's been it's been an act. I've, I've enjoyed doing it because, you know, I'm kicking around lockdown, doing four-fifths of nothing, and he's helping a good man out as oh, well. I it's fun. But listen... I've also got to say how good have all the boys been oh. as well throughout all this as well. Jamie and Ant and John yep. and Lee and Chris Jason, yep. and Jason, they've yep. been absolutely Brilliant, brilliant, brilliant. They've made it really easy to do. So, uh, yeah, it's it, it's it's my absolute pleasure, matey. So, uh, it's You're the gone. only thing pleasurable about Spurs at the moment. Move on to somebody else before I go.
0: Well, Joe, it's funny. If only the team effort was as strong as this with our current club, we wouldn't oh. be in such a mood that we're in, oh. isn't it? Oh, always the way. Back alongside Richard Cracknell tonight, the wonderful Anthony Costa's back on the last one on Spurs. And great to have you here. Difficult Cheers. season I know it's been for you. And somehow you've kept it together until now. And uh, we've got seven, eight games to go and a cup final around the corner. What are we going to do this with
3: ourselves? Rick, so mate. I tell you, it's nice to have you back. Um and yeah, it has just going on from what Rick said, it's been it's been fantastic doing the show week in, week out with you and the boys. I really appreciate being a part of it. Um, and I'm so glad that you've given us lads a couple of days to recover from that shambles the other night, because if you'd have spoken we would have done this show on Friday night. Trust me, it would have been, it would have been mental. The thing um, is,
0: I, I'm thinking about how could, a, this is a lot to our US, this is overseas listeners. We are slowly over here in the UK coming out of lockdown. How could I turn around to the boys after this season, say to them, boys, Friday night, <laughs> we're coming out of lockdown. Do you mind doing another hour on Tottenham? And reviewing another copy and paste job from the last three to four weeks. I oh. dare I say in a couple of months from what we have had to witness. It's been such a tough, tough season. And for all our listeners that are still, you know, have listened to us for the last four to five years, especially this season, um, I can't thank you enough from the bottom of our hearts to take the time out to come and listen to what's been a very, very difficult season so far. Yes, it may end with a trophy, but I'm sure we're all in agreement that at the start of the season, what our aims, what our ambitions were, they're not quite materialising as things stand now. And it's been very, very difficult. And also another man who has had to grin, bear it, review it, dissect it. Jamie Brown is back from the Daily Hotspur. Jay, it's been a difficult, difficult season, hasn't it?
4: Yeah, it has been. And of course, last season was, was equally as difficult. Um, so, I mean, look, the last 18 months or so, as a Spurs fan, Spurs fan has been very difficult. And um, Friday's match was another very frustrating performance, another frustrating uh, result. And kind of you, you you look back over the last 18 months or the time that Jose Mourinho has been in charge and you, you just, you, you know, it really feels like a lot of wasted time and it's it's very, very frustrating. Um, so obviously a massive, massive decision um, coming up for the club in terms of they need to get this next appointment right. So a really interesting summer ahead for Spurs, of course. Lots of players that maybe move on and then trying to bring new players to the door. So a huge um, summer of, of, of big decisions for Spurs coming up.
0: Yeah, indeed. And especially on this show, a huge amount of, you know, talk that we've got to come, not just on Everton, on Jose Mourinho, on the team, the mentality, on Dulux. Would I mention them as well? We've got a section to come on them. We may have a section as well on the European Super League. If you're listening to us on your Monday morning commuting to work or if you're listening to us some point on Monday, on Sunday there was news breaking that there is going to be a form of a European Super League, which Tottenham Hotspur are reportedly involved in. As we are recording, we're still waiting for Spurs to either confirm or deny they are part of that group that have apparently signed up. We're going to find out more, like I say, in these coming days. But before we discuss Jose, I just want to bring the Everton game in to a bit of structure here because we are going to talk about Everton in more detail. But coming first to you, Rich, the Everton game for me felt it was almost one game closer To it all being over. That's kind of the best that I can come up with. You know, the lack of caring for me spoke volumes during that game. You know, Jose, he barely left his seat. No one even bothered to complain about the penalty. You know, Kane and the others barely celebrated the goals. There was a real lack of urgency to restart the game or move the ball from where we needed to win. How did you kind of react after full time to that Everton result? The
2: same as uh, the other results that have gone before it in the last sort of six, seven, eight, nine games. Just apathy. Just an absolute apathy. Just, you shouldn't want a season to be over. You just, you're just willing the season to be finishing. And that, that can't be right. Uh, that's, that's, and that's horrid. That's an absolutely horrid place to be. My two sons that I've got. My oldest son doesn't really watch football, especially Spurs, can't watch them. My 13-year-old, Tom, loves a bit of football, always comes and watches with me. Friday night, didn't bother. Dad, I can't watch Spurs. He's 13 years old. I can't watch Spurs. And that is, how sad is that, that a boy that loves to watch his football, but he just said, I can't watch them tonight. And, you know, Tottenham... Enoch, please take note. This is the future. They, these are your future customers. All right. <laughs> I live in the Canary Islands, but there's every chance he may well go back to London someday, go to work, etc. go to live. It's, they're losing him. They're, they're, they're losing him. This is the next generation. The club and the way it is at the moment is just not engaging anybody. There's no... There's no love there. And that's, that's the horrible, horrible thing. And at the moment, I don't care about the, the cup final. I just want to enjoy watching Spurs. That's all I want at the moment. That's the next step for me. Not winning a cup, not doing this, not doing that, not qualifying for Champions League and everything else. I just want to feel some emotion for the club. I just want to have a connection with them. I want I want that back. That is all I want to start with. Whoever it is that comes in or if it's you know if they back Jose, just do something that makes me re-engage and my 13 year old son and I'm sure this is you know me a thousand, 10,000 times over around the country around the world, just please do something that makes us re-engage with the club and feel something other than apathy.
0: It's so true, isn't it, Rich? You know, I, I can't remember a mood like this before a cup final where we're going in feeling so deflated, so low, mm. so disconnected with the football club. And I know, you know, during certain other managers' reigns, we've felt that disconnection that, you know, it's getting away from us. But, you know, before a cup final, there's always that feeling that, you know, come on, let's raise ourselves. We're top knots for supporters. We want to win a trophy. But especially this season it feels like there's just a numbness to supporting the club at the moment. There's a real, real lack of emotion in terms of where are we going? You know, people talk about, you know, having a plan. Lee McQueen always is always discussing, you know, what is Spurs' plan? At the moment, it feels like we're stuck in this rut and no one seems to know the way forward, what the planning is. And it's a real difficult situation to be in. I mean, Anne, coming to you, um, that Everton game for me, it was just such a bizarre one to watch because it felt like, A lot of the players just jogging around, hoofing the ball up long. You know, these are the same players that a week before said they will fight for the rest of the season to get European football. And I want to make the point on here that it's not just Jose. It is the players. And I think this is the thing with Sutton, that whatever decision Spurs take this summer, it's not going to be resolved just by changing a manager or changing a player. This, for me, I look at it from the outside and think, this is going to take more than one window or two windows. This is a job that is going to be need to be done by someone over the course of two to three windows to get the right players in, to make sure we get the right manager, to get this club back on some form of a footing where we feel that connection again.
3: Yeah, I, I hear what you're saying, mate. I think this season has been one of them seasons since I can remember. I'm talking about back in the 90s, right? I will i on about the 90s a lot, but it's very... I'm so... 50-50 with everything. Um, I'm, I obviously have got to watch my, I'm going to watch the games. I'm going to watch, you know, my, my beloved Spurs. But I'm expecting mistakes. I'm expecting this, and I'm expecting us to go one-nil up. And I'm expecting us to this person to make a mistake and that person to give away a penalty because there's no teamwork there. There's no camaraderie there. I don't know what's happened. If he's lost the dressing room. Then obviously, he, you know, Mourinho has to go, but the players have to take account of themselves. Bar Kane, they have to take account for themselves because they haven't pulled up any trees. You're playing for Tottenham Hotspur, regardless of who's in charge. Do you see what I'm saying? I know people say, "Yeah, but they probably haven't been told that." But if you see a pass to make the pass to go and score a goal, go and do it. What's all this about? Oh, you know, they're a bit, they might, they're a bit scared. Come on, guys, you're football players. Go and, yeah, go and express yourself. But there comes a time where you think, what if 62,000 people were watching that? It wouldn't. I wouldn't certainly take that. I'd be peed off every week. It, it, By bar, bar Harry Kane, he can hold his head up high. The rest are just very bang average this season. There's been no other standout performers. All right, signing yes. the first half of the season was brilliant, but he's tailed off. It, it's just there just seems to be no camaraderie there, man. No, no effort. Um and when I saw Hugo and Aurier laughing the other night after the game, I'm sorry, that's just not on. If you want to have a laugh and a joke, do it where no one can see you. Exactly spot. Yeah. Do it when no one can see you. I've been in this game, I've been in the music business for 21 years, right? If I have if I have a heated disagreement with the boys, right, over this song or that song. We go back, we go out on stage in that profession and sing in front of thousands of people and no one would know that we've had a heated debate. We've never fallen out, but it's still, you've got to be professional. And I'm not having, oh, well, he's obviously lost a dressing that's why they're laughing. No, they're playing for our club. You've got our World Cup hero captain standing there joking and laughing with Aurier and Digne and all that. It's a joke, mate. That really, that was the ice on the cake for me.
0: It, it says a lot, Jake. I'm she doesn't about the mentality of this team and just mm. where everybody's head is at. Because I just yeah. couldn't quite believe that moment. And said there, know about the game for you, Jake. For me, I looked at it and thought to myself, you know, Spurs' inability to string passes together. There was some yeah. horrible passing being attempted, being made in the center of the pitch, particularly in what should really be simple passes. But like you know, like Anthony said, there, the icing on the cake was yeah. after that. Where I know men will look at it and think to themselves that was just like a pair of players show yeah. laughing on the pitch, you know, with camaraderie about, you know, they're on international duty together, but it's a time and a place. And with the season for Spurs completely, like I say, falling beyond the wayside here, yeah. that shouldn't really be happening Shouldn't on the football pitch.
4: Yeah. I mean, firstly, I mean, that was obviously a, a very, an incident you don't want to see. And then of course you've got the polar opposite of Harry Kane walking off the pitch, knowing that our very, very slim chances of Champions League football were finished there and then. So Um, You didn't want to see our captain doing that. But um, yeah, I mean, look, the game we went into it, it was another set of changes. And for me, we continue to change week in, week out. And and that just, for me, screams of a manager that doesn't really know what he's doing. You either stick, you've got to stick with something and we continue to change and that's never going to build anything. For me, um, I do blame it. I have to, I saw an image on Twitter of of, um, Gareth Bale, Harry Kane and Xiumin son all stood over a free kick and and it still kind of, it just annoys me because we've got one of the great best attacks we've had for years and we've just completely wasted it. Um, and then I look at the rest of the team as well. Obviously, there is real weakness weaknesses um, in this squad. Obviously, we, you know in defence, there are weaknesses. But for me, it just feels as though we, we have really wasted a really good opportunity here. Um, unfortunately for me, the manager just hasn't really been the right fit for the squad. He's not... Um, I look at the way... I was obviously desperate for him to succeed at Spurs and I kind of really backed the way that he was playing um but ultimately you could see it going into the new year it was an unsustainable way of playing football we weren't going to play how we were going to get get that result how we do against manchester city the way we beat arsenal it just wasn't going to continue this squad never bought into those ideas um it just yeah so i mean it just wasn't sustainable we were building on our big, biggest weakness we were failing to get the best out of our attacking options um I do disagree in a way, I think, um, in terms of the managerial change, I think if we can make the right managerial change and then of course you go and add maybe one or two, obviously I'm not expecting a huge, um, deal of, a great deal of business to be done this summer, but I think if you can make the right decisions, um, then I think we can get back to, to being at the, you know, a a respectable level. Um, but it's got to take, we've got to get the right manager in next, um, and then you've got to kind of go and build on, on the weaknesses. But yeah, very, very frustrating. Another very, very frustrating performance against Everton.
0: Yeah, like I said, we're going to touch on Everton in a bit more detail soon. But Rich, I want to come round to you to discuss um, the speculation. And we saw Alistair Gold reporting on Saturday afternoon UK time that Mourinho's time at the club looks to be coming towards an end. And, you know, it's one of them stories where um, if you see it, Kind of an e- well, you see in front of your eyes that something isn't quite right. Like I say, is it all Mourinho's fault? Potentially not. You know, do the players take some of the blame? I think so. You know, this is the second manager they've let down in the course of what the last 18, 24 months. I think we all can see that with a manager, um, one of those things you can't afford to do is to alienate a dressing room. And it does appear, you know, that certain players just, have had enough um when people say has he lost the dressing room i think when you see some of the performances maybe not in the full game but in parts you know when you look at you know half an hour's 15 20 minutes players are stopping running there isn't that urgency um that willingness to go the extra mile so i mean that story will probably be be no surprise to some but i mean the question really rich to ask for you is you know is it worth keeping hold of jose to the end of the season or if you was Daniel Levy, would you be looking to make that change right now?
2: Oh wow! Um,
0: personally, I'd, I'd do.
2: I'd make the change now. I'd make. It's not worked. It's as simple as that. It has not worked. Whether you're pro Jose or anti Jose, the fact is it hasn't worked. And uh, you know, even if you really wanted him to work, it hasn't worked. And sometimes those things happen. We're not a Jose Mourinho club. We're not a fan base for him, and um, and and we certainly you know and vice versa. We it just wasn't a fit that was going to work. I fear that Jose was his style of management is over. It just it doesn't work anymore. There isn't a John Terry and a Lampard and those types of players anymore in the game. Whether that's right or wrong with me and Ant have had this discussion on the phone. Um, we're both uh, of, a, of a mind that if we've done something wrong, we don't mind getting a rocket for it and getting told, but today's player won't have it. Not, not, not as a, as a whole, there might be one or two, that buy into it. But as a whole, they don't. And his style just does not work. It's as simple, it's as simple as that. So if it's not working, get rid of him, get rid of him. It's it's too far, you're too far up the runway now with it. It's too far gone. There's too many players that need replacing in one or two windows. You just, you can't do it. The amount of players that are not buying into him and his methods cannot be changed at the end of this season. So unless you start throw in crazy amounts of money, but then you've got to allow seven, eight, nine players to bed into a squad. Well, that doesn't work either because we saw that when we went out and bought seven or eight players with the bell money, it just took ages to fit that all together. So that's, that's just not going to work. So I, I think it's just a case of, can we get rid of him now? I think we should. I don't think the club will that that's that's you know it's two separate things if we get rid of him now bring somebody in just to try and get that little bit of a bounce from uh from the players a little bit of upturn maybe just enough to see us over the line uh you know next Sunday in that cup final and for the few games that are remaining but uh, i think at the end of this season that's it he's he's gone and like jamie said at the top of the show Huge, huge, massive decisions to be made for the club now with a direction in in which they, in which they go because you know there's limited options, yeah absolutely limited options. But more than that, Rick, they, every, anybody that comes in has got the limitations and the handicap of how far the current board allow a manager to progress. It's that, a, There's a yeah. glass ceiling now yeah. for, for managers, so there's got to be a big structural change, Um and away from that as well, like Ant said, there's a lot of players there that need to take a long, hard look at themselves as well. I get that they might not want to play for him, I get that they're just not responding to him, but... They've got fans, you know, people that have put money into that club, emotional time, that they, they need to, that, you know, that they need to not let down. That, that's, that's another fact. But however, those players, even though they're not good enough for Tottenham Hotspur, you could get more out of them until such time as you can replace them. So there is, there's a quick fix and there's a long-term fix. But it's, it's, a, it's a triple-headed thing, Rick. I think mm, yeah. Daniel Levy, I, I, I think he needs to step away from footballing decisions. I think he's a brilliant businessman. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. I think mm. he's absolutely phenomenal businessman. What he's done with the training ground and the new ground and the deals that he puts together on a commercial side. He's brilliant. I wouldn't want anybody else there. The moment any business decision that involves kicking a ball comes along, I think these last 20 years have just shown that he doesn't get it right. Because when it's his choice, the manager doesn't work. When it's one, a manager that he's sort of like... Active, stumbles you know, upon. Uh, stumbles Pochettino. upon. Are, yeah. Exactly. Pochettino, Harry Redknapp, mm. Martin Yole. They're like, you know, it's the blind squirrel who always finds a nut eventually. And mm. it's the stumble upon ones that have done well. The planned ones have just been a disaster. So bring in a director of football, bring in somebody, bring in a new manager, and eventually just weedle out those players which, 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 ain't, which ain't cutting it. It's going to take. It's painful. This is that painful rebuild mm. that we was told about by a previous incumbent
0: to the job. It's, it is a painful, it's going to be painful, but you have got to do it. And like you said, in terms of that painful rebuild, you know what, we're 18 months on, we still haven't really made much progress on that front. If anything, we've kind of gone backwards. And that's the biggest concern, isn't it? it? We've actually regressed and coming to you, Anne, I know you've always been this season of the manager to say, look, outside the manager, you've got to look at what these players are also producing. And, you know, you've always said it's a two-way street here. You've got the manager, you've got the players. And with both of those combined together, you know, there's a level of blame and, you know, responsibility for both of those. So for you, Anne, you know, when we approach these last few games now, um, what do you want to see? Do you want to see there to be a change right now? Or would you be comfortable to wait until the end of the season, evaluate the options out there? Because, I mean, there is speculation of the likes of Brendan Rodgers, Julian Nagelsmann, um, you know, the IX manager as well. T- tell us what you feel at the moment, Ann.
3: As I said to you, Rick, I'm so 50-50 with this season. I mean, you've got to look at, you know, the, 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 the owners have been in charge for 20 years. Now, all these managers that have come and gone, all can't be wrong, can they? They've always come out and gone, I wasn't backed or I wanted this player and I didn't get that player. So... You've got to look at the whole picture in, in my eyes. This, I'm not a businessman, never will be a businessman. But as Rich said, as a businessman, he's very, very good. But as a chairman and backing managers, etc., I haven't seen progression. So if you give someone like a Nagelsman I've heard, oh, you've got to give him a five-year plan. Well, what's that? So, so we're going to get one player a season so he can get his players in. It's just like... What if we don't get the results in his first season and we end up 12 or 13 in his first year? Do you stick with him or do you carry on with him? If because he's got no prem experience. So what do we do? Do we go with someone that's got prem experience? Personally, for me, I'd love Rogers because he's a well-coached man. He coaches Leicester, they're fantastic to watch. I, you know, even Graham Potter, I'm not saying that someone like him to come at Spurs, but if you look at Brighton, they're they're very, very well chilled. And if they had a a great striker up top, they could be like top 10 this year. Do you see what I'm saying? So it's all about drilling this team. And I haven't seen fight. And you ask me that question, what do I want? I want to see fight from these players for the next six, seven games bar the uh, the League Cup final, because that's a one-off game. And God knows what's going to happen there. But I just want to see I just want to see them playing and fighting for
0: that badge that will we you, all will you see them fight, alone. though, and will, will you see them fight under this manager? That's no, the... I
3: can't. Mm. I can't. Yeah. But then what do we do? You know, if, get someone else in on you know on Tuesday or Wednesday. They've got three days to, to prepare for a League Cup final. You might get a bounce, which would be brilliant because then we'll go on and win a trophy, which we haven't done for 13 years. And then what happens then? Because you've still got the same players until the end of the season. And I can't see, I can't see anything, man. I, it's just so frustrating this season. Yep. It's just ups and downs, ups and downs. I wish we weren't even, I wish we weren't top at the beginning of the season because all you're doing is play play. by the yeah. fact of we were top, 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 top for five weeks and then yep. we've just gone bang, down yep. the table. And it's just so, it's so frustrating that we haven't kicked on. Mm. And as I said, Harry Kane can hold his head up high because i tell you, if it weren't for him, oh, he's- I, I dread to think where
0: we'll be. He's dragged the team, hasn't he, quite some of this season? Dragged the team to, even at the point of where they were, in contention for Champions League football. You know, Some will probably say, mathematically, that's still possible. But watching Tottenham, I'll be honest, this season I've been lucky to have a a beautiful little boy who's been the best distraction for me in the world. I've got to say, I think I'd be embarrassed to see Spurs playing in the Champions League right now with the oh, current yeah. level I mean no, we would right. be, we would get absolutely imagine oh. Spurs by, you Yeah, know, we thought 7-2 was bad by Bayern Munich you know you can imagine Spurs what we'd be like now having to play these teams it'd be embarrassing
3: it'd be embarrassing and I'll tell yeah. you the worst thing that can happen if Mourinho's still in charge mm. is us qualifying for the Champions League with this current squad with
0: this current squad yeah yeah, yeah. 100% agree I, 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 I
3: dread because you'd look at oh well, wow we've scraped Champions League football this is fantastic we don't need to build no, we do We need to get rid of a yeah. lot of players. Yeah, I agree. Six, seven players at least, but that's not going to
0: happen. Jay, coming over to you. I just want to kind of see where you're at at the moment. I know for you, yeah. you've probably you've declared yourself as Mourinho probably not being the right man for Tottenham right yeah. now. But the question probably then is who is because Julian Nagelsmann. That one seems to be getting away from Tottenham if you believe what you read. That one doesn't feel like it's going to happen. Brendan Rodgers. You know, I always wonder with Brendan Rodgers that why would he? leave a comfortable job at Leicester where he gets the players that he wants. um, He's coaching the players that he seems to want. Why would he leave Leicester to come to Tottenham where he may not get that element of control and where will you get that time? Because the next manager that comes in for me Mm. is going to need time. You know, Pochettino got what, four to five years. I think the next man is going to probably need about that to get Tottenham back, if possible, to a level where they are respected once again. Because yeah. of the nature of just how much there is to do to this squad.
4: Yeah, I mean, look, I look at the change that Chelsea made uh, during the season, obviously getting rid of Frank Lampard and bringing in Thomas Tuchel and kind of that, how that kind of changed everything for them. I think there was when Chelsea fans looked at it, it looked as though there was a lot of work needed on that squad, um, but they brought a manager in who's kind of fitted much better with that squad He's been able to get more out of them. He's making more of the likes of um, of, of their attacking players. Um, and it's just worked for them. And of course, they've gone from being a club that was uh, that was like six, seventh, eighth in the Premier League. And now they've just been at Manchester City. So I, I really think as though, uh, look, please don't get me wrong. I know there's lots of work to be done on this squad. Of course, defensively, we've got areas, real areas that we need to address in the summer. But I still think there's there's potential in this squad. I think that if you look at the attacking players we have, Bale, Kane, Sun, G- lacelso and Ndombele, yes, of course, these are players that maybe have not fulfilled their potential this season, but I, I'm not having it that these are bad players. I think there is so much more to come from a lot of these players and I can name, you know, lots more. We've got Hoybier, we've got Regulon. There's there's so many players in this squad where, you know, they need to be getting more out of them. Um, th- there is lots of work to be done in the summer. I feel as though you can get some decent work done, but... Um, yeah of course you know there needs to be some sort of managerial change um, I'm really worried for the rest of the season I can't see the managerial situation kind of being changed from here until next Sunday before the cup final um, and then of course for the league I can't see us doing anything in the league so I think it will be something that changes at the end of the season but um, yeah obviously as Richard said there are limitations to this job uh, we know that under this current ownership but um I still feel as though there there is a lot of potential to be unlocked in this squad, and if you can get in the right manager who can get the most out of um, the likes of Lo Celso and Don Balé um, and all the players that I've listed, then uh, you know, and then maybe we might get to back to somewhere respectable. But it is also going to take for for. Um, you know the 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 dead wood that needs to be shipped out i think john yeah. meant john brought it up on the the show last week about arsenal and the way they kind of were really ruthless in getting players out the door you know taking big losses on some players but just getting them out and 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 that's what spurs need to do and if we can make the right decisions then i think we'll be okay but you know you you do wonder under this board um whether whether we'll be able to make those right decisions so we'll see
0: it's a, it's a massive, massive summer ahead. Yeah, it and that is. is very, very clear. A massive summer ahead.
3: And also, I want to ask you a question. Mm. If, if someone like a Nagelsmann did come in, yeah, and I said about the, the five-year plan that everyone's been saying about, what if the first one or two seasons ain't great?
0: Well, this you is the thing, isn't it? I think, like, like anything, yeah. Anne, if you if you can see a glimmer of what that manager is trying to do, if you can see... A footballing philosophy, mm. if you can see a plan, if you can see there being, you know, groundwork being laid for the future, yeah. then you have to give that man time because Spurs, yeah. and I, Richard, okay. you've Richard said yeah. this a lot. We have tried every single yeah. type of manager, haven't we? Okay. We've tried the winner. We've tried, you know, a coach that's trying to, you know, learn his way and trade in the game. And um, we've tried disciplinarians, as we know, we've tried, you know, serial winners. So, At some point, we have to settle on one and give that one the time to try and make it work. But I do feel that over the course, and you tell me what you think here, over the course of two seasons, you would like to think that you would know by then that you're seeing some foundation, some groundwork being laid to know if that man's the right man for those next three years.
3: Okay, so you get Nagelsman next year. I'm just, Mm. I'm just, I'm just, I'm to Mm. pray out to the boys as well. Mm. And we play some good football, yep. great results. We you know, North London Derby, we beat them home and away, mm. we beat Chelsea, blah, blah, blah. But then we lose to people like Brighton, Burnley, et cetera, et cetera. And we finish eighth in the table. Mm. No Champions League, obviously, no Europa League. What happens then?
4: I I think I think Ricky was was right, definitely right in terms of if you can see a plan. I remember in Pochettino's first season where um, for for a while, it looked as though it wasn't going to be it wasn't going to be the right fit. But what I could see is I could see actual Spurs were starting to play with a certain style, and you could see where we were going. Um, I remember having a, I remember writing a, a piece, kind of coming out and defending Maurizio Pochettino and saying I could I could see what we were trying to build. And although the results weren't what we wanted, you could see where we were going. So I think that's what so you want to see. Is it, see. it, is it a, a football? Is
3: it the way we play football rather than results?
4: Yeah, I think so. If you can see that there's some sort of identity, there's That's some the sort as, of as trajectory,
0: trajectory, isn't it? Yeah, it's trajectory. trajectory. The the word that Jay said there, Rich, and I think this is key. And I know, Rich, you're a big advocate of this. Is that word identity? Because Tottenham mm. have lost their identity. It is almost, dare I say, soulless Spurs. There is no soul we there it two
3: years ago as well, boys? But we there wasn't
0: two years ago, I agree. Yeah, but there was a time, and listen for Pochettino. I know we go no, don't want to go over old ground, yeah. For, for old. me, with Pochettino, I've said this before that when Poch left, I understood why it had to go. Because for me, the players they did inevitably stop playing, there was a need for a change. But what we didn't have under Pochettino that we haven't found under Mourinho is we had an identity. We were hard to beat at one point during his yeah, tenure, and Fantastic. there was there was a case that for Spurs yeah. at one one that with ten minutes to go.
3: That last season of Wateline was was phenomenal. I would always and find a winner. Yeah, it was brilliant. It was absolutely brilliant, and it's just a shame that he wasn't backed. So yep. who, who, do you, who do you come to? You and that to in a nutshell,
2: and is the problem is <laughs> that they never freshened up those exactly. players, like rested exactly. on their laurels, and. Players need to go. was the worst thing to Rich, wasn't it? Yes, they need to be there for a while and then go. Yep. And because they stopped listening. But because he was doing so well, he was overperforming. they were like, yep. oh, we don't need to buy any players here because he's getting so much out of these. Because they don't understand football. Exactly. They were just seeing a team that was getting results. But he said, look they're beginning to not listen to me. They're mm, beginning... Yeah. Everybody has a finite life at a club, and then you have to get the new blood in. You have to have people behind players mm. to keep to keep a fire up <laughs> up no, their Rich, backsides Rich, you know so as that well. they
0: play. You notice know as well, Rich, that you have to build on a power of strength. You have to build yes. when you're at your best. And yes. Spurs never done that. We no, never done no. that,
2: even on Diary. No, we go on about that, and that's season. that, that is mm-hmm. that is the problem. But you, had, need yeah. identity, you? you need to see that identity, did not you? Need to see that trajectory. That first season of Pochettino, that uh, you know, he made Cabal captain. He asked the squad, didn't he? Who do you want as captain? They went Cabal, mm-hmm. and then at the end of that season, and it wasn't a great season, Ted up off you went, Townsend, Ted off you went, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, you've tried it your way, you've picked the players that you want to represent you, that ain't working. Now we'll try my way. And then from there, it was great. Yeah, exactly. Listen, uh, that, that, that's, that's a great analogy, mate. And, and you, obviously, you obviously forget
3: when, he first, when someone like Potch first arrived because it was obviously the Sherwood era or whatever you want to call it. And, and then obviously any, anything better than him was, was amazing. But my, my fear now is you bring someone else in, which is obviously inevitable and it's going to happen, and they don't get backed. And then we're still stuck with the same same squad that we've had for three, four, five years.
0: I think what's clear, though, Anne isn't it? You know, this squad has gone through Pochettino. It's gone through Mourinho. I mm. think surely it's fairly evident now, Jay, isn't it? that this squad, um, like you said there, there's some decent players in it, but there's yeah. still players that need to be moved on. And for Spurs to really progress, regardless who the manager is, the squad seem, still needs to finish that rebuild.
4: Yeah, no, I, I do agree. And uh, as much as I do think there is still lots of quality and, and lots of untapped potential in their squad, you see kind of some of the players that maybe we'll have next season under new manager, obviously, uh, Ryan sester Oliver Skip, those sort of players coming back. So there is a lot to work with. But again, there is so much dead wood that needs to be cleared out and we need to be ruthless. And And you just don't feel that Daniel Levy's ever been very good at getting players out the club or kind of the club a bit not have not been shocking at doing that. That's something that we've been very poor at. And again, it comes back to the point, as I said, John made, Arsenal were so ruthless. They've got a lot of players cleared out. We need to be exactly the same. We've got too many players here who have been here for too long. Michio Pochettino had to go because it just came to the end of the road. It just became too stale. And and, and that's the case with so many of the players in this squad. Um, So this summer, we've got to be ruthless in getting players out. And maybe we're going to have to take hits on some players because this squad needs a refresh and we haven't been able to refresh it. Because we don't get players out the door. We're rubbish at that. And that's oh, got to yeah, change. Yeah. And, I, and I don't think it will. And I think Richard was absolutely right that you, Daniel Levy has to take a step back because, and we need to get a director of football in or something like that, a different setup. It's not worked under Daniel but Levy. I'm, I'm
2: also with you, Jamie, that this current crop of players, even though there are some to go, is capable of being there or yeah. thereabouts yeah. for top
4: 4. Oh there was a, there was a reason why we they, were top.
2: They, they are. Yeah. They yeah. are. They, mean, are. Look, there, <laughs> they
4: are. Yeah. For sure <laughs> there was there was a reason why we were top at Christmas. There is there's quality in this squad and um that obviously a lot of work needs to be done and and then it's scary to think where we could be if we were to actually go and act like a proper big football club. Um but unfortunately you know we just haven't made the right decisions and uh, that's why we're we're a team that sat um in 7th 8th place.
0: Listen, we have got to go for a very quick break. When we return, we'll be dissecting Everton. We'll be talking about the embarrassing, embarrassing scenes with Dulux. We're going to come on to that. And also having a brief discussion on the European Super League and looking ahead to happening to come. So do not go anywhere. We're back after this very, very short break. empowering your people decisions through every part of the employee journey. Hello and welcome back to the second half of The Last Word on Spurs. Thank you for bearing with us. Thank you for all your support, all your kind words over the course of the last few months. We're going to get those listener questions back on the show and back, like I say, as part of it very, very soon. We've got to discuss, though, firstly, the announcement on Thursday morning that Dulux would be Spurs' first ever paint supplier The Dulux dog was given a behind-the-scenes tour of the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium and the club's Hotspur Way training complex. And in the midst of that announcement, Dulux's own social media account chose to poke fun at their new partners when one, well, embarrassing moment on Twitter where a Spurs fan was asked that, can the dog play at centre-back? And with the emoji and the reply saying that he might do a better job than the current crop we've got. I mean, Rich, I'm going to come round to you. We've had some gaffes this season, some embarrassment, but for those that don't know what's going on, I'm sure you'd have, like I say, this is a a paint supplier from the UK. It's gone horrendously wrong. We saw a little bit of a jovial jest in, you know, a response back of a tweet and trying to get it back on track. But what an embarrassing gaff for the club, this.
2: I think it just sums up where we are at the moment, doesn't it? It was just such, it was it was awful. It was painful. It was car crash to watch as as a launch. And... I mean, I, I personally I found it quite quite funny, but there's a lot of people out there that don't take kindly to that sort of thing. I'm an old man. I'm 51. I've seen it all, and it's like, oh come on, guys! Like, you know. But there was a lot of people that actually don't like to see that that sort of thing in the club, literally being embarrassed. And to be honest, like you look at Spurs and you look at Dulux. At uh, no point, it seemed, did Spurs' PR department go to Dulux and say, OK, look, when we launch, please be mindful that trying to join in with a little bit of banter, they're obviously, you know, whoever's in the PR department of Dulux... Thinks football's a fruit or something. Do you know? What I mean, they've got no idea but, uh, uh, about <laughs> about football. So they're starting to try and have a bit bit of bants, as they say. You, uh, uh, it's just it hasn't worked. It has not worked at all. But why has the club not gone to them and got look? Don't don't put anything like this. Don't put anything like that. Be a little bit careful. It's sort of launched. And whoever's involved in their PR department has just completely, completely misjudged the mood of how you do these things to the point that they've had to issue the most uh, like grovelling of apologies. It was it was a car crash of a launch, but I, but I found funny. But really, you shouldn't. We shouldn't be laughing. We shouldn't be laughing at that sort of thing. But like. Oh man, it was it was awful. It was ab- absolutely awful. And I think it's just a reflection mm. of where the club is, is at the moment in, yeah. in some respects. I mean, I even put a tweet out saying, you know, if you're a company having a tie up with, with a football club, please, please, please bring me on as a PR consultant because I'll say to you, do not say that. Do not say that. Mm. Do, that, you know, this is the way you want to go. Yeah. They don't understand football fans. It's, a, it's as simple as that. It was, it was funny and awful in equal measures.
0: And coming around to you, I know you're one of those fans that you do get, you know, embarrassed by some of the things that as a club we can do, we can act on. I mean, but again, and this is typical, isn't it, of where there hasn't been, it doesn't feel, you know, a, a, a cry, <laughs> No, it doesn't seem to have been a case where on both sides it's been understood this partnership to some degree because for that to happen like that and for the embarrassment to go out on social media and yeah. the way it has done it's just really poor isn't it
3: yeah it's just what i think the timing was quite bad because obviously the state of affairs where we're at in the league yeah, and exactly football it just seems to be like the last sort of the last result you know what i mean oh let's 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 try and bring the fans back on side let's announce this and it just didn't work, and as Rich said, it, it was quite funny. And uh, people obviously got a bit fifty-fifty about it. But do you know what? I ain't you know, that bothered. You know, I woke up bothered and looked forward to that Friday night game against Everton, which I'm sure we're going to come on. We will unless they have just scored, mate. They could be in the FA Cup final. <laughs>
0: Jay come around to you I mean what did you make of that whole publicity stunt Jay the whole PR thing behind it wasn't great from the club and the way it kind of came out do you think you just put it down Jay to just another thing in this season where it's so avoidable
4: yeah no I I was yeah I, I actually thought it was really funny and um you know, especially the timing, I think we were all just a bit fed up of Spurs. And I thought it was just a bit funny that we were kind of, you know, we all, we all very angry at the club. And so just having a little dig at them, I, I didn't think it was anything serious. I can't believe it got blown up as much as it has done. But, yeah, as you said, it just completely summarises our season from, you know, the losing, managing to lose 3-0 to Dynamo, uh, to Dynamo Zagreb. And then you've got all those embarrassing moments. Obviously, Joe Hart, his PR team thinking that we'd won the tie 3-2. And, um and then of course drawing through of West Ham. you know we've had far more embarrassing moments um obviously we've been very good at embarrassing ourselves this season so you know that's what I would I'd rather we we focused on stop embarrassing ourselves and and, and, and less about maybe uh, a little tweet on Twitter um that's what I want to see I'd, I'd, I'd rather we uh stop trying to embarrass ourselves on the pitch
2: it angered me more Rick that hmm. like, I had to take early medical retirement from my job. <laughs> Okay. As a, as a train driver, I couldn't, I couldn't drive a train anymore, but I'm quite able to mm. do other work. Yeah. 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 And there's these PR departments of these huge companies and this huge football club and they're getting it so wrong. And I'm sat here like doing four fifths of nothing. And I'm thinking to myself, I could do this. I I could do this for probably a 10th of what you're paying some PR company to, to, to do this, to, to misjudge it. Now, launching anything with football fans is a unique thing to do. They, it's not like launching a new paint to Mr and Mrs Smith that like to do a little bit of DIY at the weekend. You're tying up with a football club, so you're beginning to speak to football fans, not DIY people. Not Mr. and Mrs. Middle England that like to have a shuffle round B and Q or a garden centre at the weekend. Uh, Jason McGovern's garden centre is very good, by the way. Please visit it. Um, do you know? What? But they, 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 so they've got no expertise in that field. Why have they just not brought somebody in? To, I, I shouldn't be getting so upset i think it's because i could be earning that coin and somebody else hasn't made such a
0: cluster f of it that's that's what i'm angry about i love it i really do no, I, t- I completely agree that the whole thing like you say um part of it been brought out of proportion but again it's just a case of this season where if something can go wrong it will go wrong and you know that brings us nicely on to discuss the everton game yes we're gonna have to do it to ourselves we're gonna discuss it briefly then look ahead to Southampton because um, we could sit here for an hour and get annoyed and frustrated by the game but I just think by the nature of this season if we were to sit here and analyse every single point of this game we'd be doing a copy and paste job that we've done for the last god how many weeks Spurs taking a lead Spurs losing a lead Spurs not giving absolutely everything on the pitch we've done this you know this this whole this whole game it was like it's been a real, real overview of the last couple of months we're being brutally honest with you. We've been there, done it, seen it, witnessed it, and we were there to live it again because Friday's draw coming around to you, Anne, saw Mourinho select five defenders, two defensive midfielders in front of Hugo Lloris in a bid to solve Spurs' leaky defence, but it really only detracted from the visitors' attacking display and they still conceded twice at Goodison Park. What did you make, Anne, of when you saw the team and... was you already quite despondent, or because of the nature of just how much we've shuffled the pack anyway yeah. over the course of the last few weeks, nothing yeah. really matters now.
3: No, I mean, I think I read that it was the 17th time he's tried a different defensive lineup, and you know, to have five at the back, plus your two in terms of two holding or one holding in in Hoibier, it's just so it was just so negative, wasn't it? I saw that lineup and I was like, why are you doing that? You've got you know, you've got likes of bail fail on the bench you can maybe come on or start the game just go 4 2 3 1 do you know what i mean just 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 do that and i think we had to go and win and you had you you had your attacking players on the bench in mora um or or lamella as well do you know what i mean so it's just just frustrating mate i I was i was very despondent and i wasn't i wasn't looking forward to the game and lo and behold they they proved me right
0: Mm. i mean Rich, we've said a lot about team selections. We've said back four bingo on this show. But, you know, with eight defensive personnel on the pitch and just three attacking players in Kane, Son and Undumbele, you know, the Spurs bench was overstuffed with attacking talent. We had Bale, Deli Ali, Lacelso Lamella, Mora all taking their place among the subs, while Bergwijn and Vinicius couldn't even get into the squad. I mean, does it come to a point, Rich, where you kind of almost give up in terms of what the 11's is going to be anymore now? Yeah, you
2: you just can't predict where he's where he's gonna go with it. And to have Delhi sat there, to have Lamella sat there, to have Bow sat there and not even even start. I mean, you take uh, match of the day this week and Alex Scott, who knows her onions, fine footballer, fine pundit. She was taught, she was analysing the Newcastle game. Uh, where she was saying that Newcastle went with the low block and then the outlet was St. Maximin, who came out, they low blocked and out they went. And she said, teams hate pace. Hello, Jose. Gareth Bale, it's like, why why is he not there? Just give give the ball to Bale. How many tweets did I see on Friday from Toffees, Everton fans, saying... I tell you what, and i have pleased Bow ain't playing. I'm really pleased Bow's not playing. Oh, f- thank God Bow ain't starting. That scares teams. He scares fans. He scares opposition. He's not injured. Why is Why is he not at a pace out there? I just it, it, it's baffling. It's absolutely baffling. It must be the politics that's going on behind the scenes there at the moment with these with certain players not being picked. And you know, we go back to the start of the show. I can't wait for the season to be finished because you've got a player like Bow. He's, he's world-class. He is world-class. He still is world-class. And he's just not even getting a sniff in that, in that lineup. So there's other forces at, at work here There's other reasons Why he's not playing And it's criminal And it, you know the, the people that get hurt the most Are us the Us fans, fans yeah. Because we're yeah. just not They're picking their wage up No no problem They're still getting their wage At the en- end of each week But we're just not being given What we deserve as fans I just It baffled me Why he never played him mm, I mean It, it would have been perfect
0: For that game yeah. It's so bizarre is it Because Jay coming around to you We've seen viral. there's been a continued absence of him the last few weeks. He's yeah. back in the team. Oh, the Bale one, like Richard, is strange because, you know, Bale had an incredible month for Tottenham where he was looking like he was getting to a point where, I wouldn't say the old Gareth battle, but there was definitely a consistency in his performances. Yeah. Then he had that poor game against Arsenal. And then for some reason, since that game, has not had another look-in, where yeah. there's been other players that haven't performed but haven't been dropped. And it's been a real just so bizarre trying to work out and figure out why certain players are being given the minutes over ones that haven't. Can you understand or try yeah. to get any sense from this? Yeah,
4: look, for me, it's the whole situation. I think it's just completely dead under under Mourinho. Um, and for the, you look at the lineups, and it's a manager who's just trying to find something. He's just trying to find that alternative week in, week out. We continue to see changes. And and that just for me screams a manager that doesn't have a clue what he's doing with this group of players. Of course, his man management hasn't fitted with the group of players. um, As as Richard said, you know, yes, that that, that Mourinho's kind of style of management just isn't around him. You know, you don't get that nowadays. Um, It hasn't worked with this group of players um, and as you said, again, more changes. It's just it, you're never going to get any sort of consistency, and it just screams a manager that doesn't doesn't know what his best eleven is. He doesn't. He's just trying to find, um, desperately find something that might work, um, and it's not worked for him. Um, and yeah, again, it was it was a hor- you know again horrible seeing some of the players that we had on the bench. You should you know again we should be getting so much more out of these players. It just it's, it's so it angers me so much seeing Arsenal making the semi-finals of the Europa League you know we we comfortably beat them back in december manchester united um up, you know c- competing up in second place they're going to cruise to a champions league spot you know you feel as though we should be at least be as good as they are he's not got the best out of this squad there is there's a lot more that could have been got out of this squad again yes or no so many there are weaknesses in this squad but we've built on those weaknesses and that's where we've really failed um so uh, yeah, frustrating. Another really disappointing evening. And again, I just I just didn't feel as though I cared. And that's what I want. I want to start being able to care about Spurs. I want to be excited to watch matches. And uh, yeah, th- and Friday's game was, was one where I just didn't really care about.
0: It's weird, isn't it, Rich? Because suddenly Spurs did go ahead. The man we've turned to so much this season, Harry Kane. Really, really good finish. And to be fair to Spurs, it was nice build-up. Tungy and cross headed on by Keane, controlled by Kane, and volleyed home clinically. And you know what? This season especially, Rich, I'm not sure if it kind of resonates with you, but this reminds me so much of the season where Bale, in his last season at Tottenham, was almost carrying the team. And that's, for me, exactly what Harry Kane is doing. And, you know, I think the only the only saving grace for Tottenham with Kane is that, obviously, we know we've got to wait to see what this injury, how bad it is with Kane. But, but a token fact that he does seem to have these ankle injuries in him every single season, that could be one of the things that could potentially... I would think maybe turn off a suitor, but you look at his goal scoring record. It's still quite remarkable, isn't it, Rich?
2: Uh, It's just phenomenal. We've spoken every show this season pretty much about Harry Kane, and he has absolutely nothing left to prove. And do you know what? If he stays at Tottenham, how lucky are not us, not us, the fans, because... We deserve players like that. I'm sorry to you know, I will make no no excuses for that. We're Tottenham
5: Otsburg,
2: We're with Tottenham Oxper, and that's the type of player that we should have. But how lucky are the club to keep him if he doesn't go anywhere? And I'll be I'll be honest, I'll take my Tottenham hat off for a minute. If he decides to go, then I'll wish him all the best in the world because he has not left one ounce of Harry Kane on the pitch. Do you know what I mean? He's he's left it all out there. He's done everything he can for this club. And even through this time, you can see that he's still trying to do the the right thing when others aren't. He's still being a model professional. So, you know, if he decides to move on, I'll be absolutely devastated but he would go with with my my good good wishes if he decides what he, that's what he wants to do for his career. I hope and I pray that he doesn't go because he's just such a talisman. I, I you know I don't think I've ever seen a player at Spurs quite like Harry Kane. Um, you know, yeah, uh, he's just, he is he's phenomenal. I mean, yep. Glenn Hoddle, my my favorite player of all time, but Glenn... Couldn't do the things that Harry done. Do you know? Like just the multitude of things. It's difficult to put into words. It's a feeling with Harry Kane as well. It's like an emotion there. You know, he's just he's just got everything. He does everything. He does it so well. He drops back. He defends. I mean, he's even gone in goal. Make him play a manager to yeah. the end of the Can season. It any, could it be any worse could for it, seven or could eight it games? Be, Could it be any worse? And do you mm. know what? I'd back him to actually make a fist of it. Yeah, I, I think he's got that sort of a head on his shoulders that he could go in mm. and just become a manager till the end of the season and get something out of this squad. Uh, I, I honestly genuinely think if he was looking for somebody, if Jose went tomorrow, I'd probably say, do you know what? give it to Harry Kane for six games because like uh, I'd back him to be able to do it. That's that's how much I, I think of him, how highly I think of him.
0: Yeah. And I'm going to ask you about Kane shortly, but I have to discuss this equaliser with you from Everton now because um, penalty, listen, rightly or wrongly, we look at back at it and you think the VAR, it's a strange one how that did not intervene because it did seem to show that James kicked the floor. But what amazed me most, Dan, and again, this is probably where Spurs are at and the squad is at, that I didn't see any Spurs players appealing whatsoever.
3: Yeah.
0: It was almost like an acceptance. Okay, give the penalty.
3: Yeah, Regulon just shrugged his shoulders, didn't he? He went,
0: went, okay, I'll give it a penalty. Is that the nature where the the players just want it to be done over with as well, the game,
3: Probably. Probably reading body language and stuff. Yeah, that's what it looked like. no one, you know, I would have expected someone like Hoybier or Kane to be you know, talking, You know, having a pop at the ref, going, have a look at VAR, blah blah blah. But it was nothing. There was no. There was nothing there. You know, Regal, as I said, shrugged his shoulders, and that's what happened. And we were one. You know, we we uh, we conceded from an ex-Spurs player.
2: I think that that signified our mood and where we are, and just a, as a team oh. at the moment. Because I mean, after that happened, I put up a couple of pictures of Man U when, like, they used to get in the refs' face, seven or eight of them. But that, that you know, maybe you can't do that in today's game. As like, you know, we we spoke about Mourinho, and he's not a today's manager. But there was nothing, was there? There was absolutely nothing. It was like penalty, shrug his shoulders. Go, go at least and go and remonstrate and ask yeah. the ref to go and VAR review it or ju- just something. There was nothing. And I think that actually encapsulates where we are.
4: Yeah. I, I also think, look, it, for me, it comes from the top as well. Um, and I look at Jose Mourinho kind of throughout the game. He's just sat there on the bench. Um, you know, absolutely no reaction from him at all. And, you know, it has, it has to come from the top. The manager needs to install that in the players and give them something to believe in. Um, and, and it just looks as though that's not happening. We see, what's he do, what does he do with them at half-time? Is half that time? strange,
0: OJ? Because normally with Mourinho, even last season, we did see him, you know, active all the time on the touchline, in the referees' faces. Is there almost an acceptance from him now that he knows his days yeah. are numbered? And that's probably why there is almost a lack of emotion and, like I say, animation there to get yeah. involved with the referees.
4: I think well, so. Yeah, for sure. And I think I think. Well, again, look, it has to it has to come from Jose Mourinho. The players, the players need that. Yes, of course, they are professional footballers and they should be able to do it themselves. But the manager needs to kind of install that in them. But it does look as though maybe he's kind of accepted it, because um, you just don't see that same sort of animation in, from him um, anymore. You don't see any sort of animation on from the touchline, um, and yeah, very very disappointing. And, and as Richard said, it kind of signifies where we're at as a as a team and, and a club.
0: And the problem is again, Jay, yeah, you 1-1 know, one, one, and with Spurs this season, what we're seeing as well is there's mm-hmm. such sloppy passing. There's a lack yeah. of a rhythm. There's almost what we try and do is we kind of go through the motions of a game now. We yeah. don't seem to have any real control, structure, mm-hmm. identity in this team at the moment, yeah. where we can look at the game and say, do you know what? At least I can see what we're trying to do. When yeah. I'm watching Spurs at the moment, I can't even see what we're attempting yeah. or we're trying to do. And Everton, they go 2-1 up. And again, it's Sigurdsson, isn't it? Typical. It was a good finish. Yeah. At the same time, he had so much space to take the shot. The Looking the at, defending at it, he looked man. to keep hmm. up his run.
3: The defending was atrocious.
4: Oh, again, yeah. I, got, I totally agree. And Yeah, for. For me also, as much as I think the defence is poor, I think that we've just not ever helped ourselves by continuously changing. I think there's no kind of people understanding of each other's games. Um, and as you said, the biggest thing for me that strikes us is there is zero identity in this team. There's no kind of a plan what we do when we go forward. You don't You don't have a clue what we're doing. And how how's, how is the team meant to play as a team when they've got no clear instructions, when there is clear... You know they need a they need a plan to be able to go and look like decent players. I think that that's why you know the likes of Ndombele, LaCelso all looking like they're just you know something I get people why people are complaining about them. They look shocking at the moment, but there's no there's no plan in place for them to kind of of understanding what their role is in the team, and uh, that that for me is is the biggest most alarming thing. Is there is zero identity. At least at the start of the year, you could understand what we were trying to do. You could see the way that we were playing, that kind of that style. And now it's he, he's tried to change it. He knew it wasn't going to work. It wasn't sustainable, as I said. Um, and, and we've kind of descended into a team that has zero identity. And um, I think that's why, why we're looking at the individuals and think, absolutely shocking. Um, you know, the performance has been awful. And, and, and that for me is because there is no identity to this team.
0: And coming around to you, Harry Kane did score again from another Everton defensive mix-up, and it was a rocket of a finish. He's now on, as his own, seventh all-time top scorer in the Premier League, having been joint with Robbie Fowler before that strike, and what a finish it was. And, you know, I know someone made this energy as well with Kane, but it is right now like watching a good batsman who is running out of partners to make sure he's always on strike, scoring runs, never getting out. Kane, again, just superlative, isn't he? Unbelievable and
3: Oh, he's, hes I mean, I, I, there's not much I can say about the mm. master or Harry Kane. Do you know what I mean? He's just—he's just phenomenal. The best number nine we've had at the moment. The best number
0: ten. Mm. The best number eight. The worry—the worrying thing—the <laughs> yeah, the worrying is thing the, the, the the, the the, also this, this ankle injury. Isn't it? This is the big concern. Of how about yeah, the ankle The worrying
3: injuries. thing is as well. Every corner that come into our box, he was the one clearing it.
5: Mm.
3: He was the one. Yep. Goal yep. line. header in the box. Six yard area. Heading away. Mm. Where's our defence, man? Yeah. What are we doing? Flat footed all the time. It just and you can see Kane's getting frustrated. As Jamie said at the beginning of the show, he walked off with a little bit of a, a, a niggle on his ankle. He looked absolutely distraught. Because are we going to see a half fit Kane in, in another final for us? It's just, I just it, it just winds me up, mate. You know, we should we should not have been drawing that game and he should have come off or and, and put on, on bail just to give Kane a bit of a rest. But he, he, he don't like coming off, does he?
0: Well, the, the, the most bizarre thing, Rich, to come over to you, is, I say, the substitutions that we saw made. You know, Spurs, in a game that really you feel Spurs have to go and win to have any mm. chance of Champions League football, you know, Deli and Bale on the bench, and he brings on Lucas and Lamella. You know, you normally bring on Lucas and Lamella, and Lamella to close a game, not to win it.
2: Uh, exactly. It's just... Uh... Everything's just bizarre. Everything's disjointed. Everything's baffling. And you just, you can't make head nor tail of it. It doesn't make sense. What How we see the game isn't how he's seeing the game. And as I said, it just feels like there's politics and other things going on now. I mean, he's even alluded to it in press conferences saying, oh, there's stuff going on. I can't really speak about and even that in itself say nothing or say it all you know it's just like uh, I said on Twitter the other day it's not one of those really awful Facebook posts isn't it of oh feel upset oh what's wrong honey or can't say oh inbox me babes it's like oh go away don't like just bizarre things that he comes out with and says and you know just it's all off it's all wrong it's just disjointed it's dysfunctional it's absolutely dysfunctional he's at war with the players the players are at war with him and we're seeing that for 90 95 minutes every game now and it's us suffering and I'm, i'm fed up with suffering i'm fed up with being the victim of war and i don't I don't say that lightly because, you know, there are people that are genuinely victims of, of, of proper wars. Yeah, but of course, you, yeah. you get what I'm saying. Of yeah. Course. We are, yeah. we're the victims of this current war that's going on at Spurs. And I'm
0: tired of it. I'm tired. I
2: don't want to see. I don't want to see it anymore. So something has to
0: change. Yep. Yeah. Well, I mean, the concern I was saying that the final which was Harry Kane hobbling off with an ankle injury after a and fall on it. Uh, Deli Alley on for the final seconds. It ended like I said, two-two. Not the result Spurs wanted. Jose Mourinho after the game said that from his perspective, it, he doesn't think he's on crutches. Harry at the time, and that was confirmed when we saw him leaving Goodison Park. Wasn't on crutches or in a protective boot, but you know. We have to wait and see on Harry. And it's going to be one of those touch and go. We've got a game to come against Southampton later in the week. That's where we're going to be heading to next. We are going to go for our final break of the show. When we come back, we'll be discussing Southampton to come and also a couple of minutes on this European Super League and just what the implications could be for Tottenham Hotspur to come. So don't go anywhere. We're back after our final break of this show. 2021 is looking up, which means there should be plenty of new opportunities for you to grow your business. Whether you're shifting business hours or hiring more remote employees, one thing that remains unchanged is the importance of having the right people on your team. When you're ready to make that next hire, LinkedIn Jobs can help by matching your role with qualified candidates so that you can find the right person quickly and to lend a helping hand Your first job post is free. LinkedIn is an active community of professionals with more than 30 million members in the UK. Getting started is easy, and their new features can help you find qualified candidates quickly. Post a job with targeted screening questions, and they'll quickly get your role in front of qualified candidates. Manage job posts and contact candidates from a single view on the familiar linkedin.com as functions are streamlined onto one simple screen. And now you can do all this from your mobile device. No matter where the day takes you, that's how LinkedIn Jobs can help you hire the right person faster. This is your call to action. When your business is ready to make that next hire, find the right person with LinkedIn jobs. And now you can post a job for free. Just visit linkedin.com spurs. Again, that's linkedin.com spurs to post a job for free. Terms and conditions apply.
1: Pitchside here in Everton. Two all in the end of, here at Goodison. Uh, what do you think of the performance first of all, <laughs>
6: First of all, I think the game was very tight. Um, I know that they score one goal that they shouldn't with that penalty, but um, probably the result is a good reflection of what the game, what the game was. Uh, very tight, lots of duels, intensity, big fighting in midfield, um, dangerous attacking players for both sides, but normally well controlled. By, by defensive systems, um, we could win, we could lose in the end undeservedly, but I believe that um, probably the result is a fair result.
1: Two-one down midway through the second half, you made a couple of changes that really seemed to spark us. We went after him, didn't we? At two-one down, I know we
6: had to, but we we certainly went. We after... went, but I believe that we would we would go with changes without changes because it's just the uh, the nature. Um, the team is committed. The team wants to to win. Uh, the game was was not in a way where uh, we could feel. Sometimes you can feel in football is really really difficult to to turn it around. We didn't f- feel that at, at any moment. So we scored a 2-2, and I I truly believe that the game was going in that um, in that direction. But certainly we made a couple of uh, of mistakes. We lost the ball. Um, I believe naively in a couple of dangerous uh, positions. They got that transition that almost ended in a goal. And since that moment, it looks like everybody was in both sides panicking a little bit and trying, trying to win it but not to lose it. And was my my feeling in in the last few minutes.
1: Well, from I mean years of experience coming here, Jose, you all know for what. If you're two-one down here in the second half and you come away with something, it's a good point. It has to be a good point, doesn't it?
6: Yeah, but this is one of the stadiums where you realize that empty stadium is not football. Good Sun Park full is a different story. By one side more difficult, but by another side more exciting and more explosive. So football without fans is a little bit like good food, but without salt and pepper is missing.
1: Two brilliant finishes from Harry. Um, we don't really need to say too much about Harry. We, we all know everything about Harry. But w- what we did see was him limp off at the end. Any, do you, any news yet at all?
6: Guess. Not not really. I think it's he's, he's too early. I think he, even Harry, he doesn't know much. He just have that negative feeling that brought him out of the game. I believe that probably Sunday would be a day to to have different, different um, view and to try to Anticipate what can happen next week.
5: Hello, I'm Patrick Surles from Owen the Saints podcast, a podcast about Southampton Football Club. It's not been fun recently recording our shows. Only Sheffield United have lost more matches than Southampton in 2021. So I have to say, you Spurs fans who haven't been watching great football either recently should be feeling a little more optimistic going into Wednesdays game we've lost 13 matches this year taking just 10 points from a possible 45 in the premier league and just generally looking like a pretty bad football team that continued on sunday in our fa cup semi-final against leicester city we put in a desperately disappointing performance considering the magnitude of the game and what it meant for our season as a whole barely laying a glove on leicester over the 90 minutes despite our opposition looking pretty poor too The problems for us are numerous. The players lack confidence. We lack leadership across the pitch. The manager is unsure of his best 11 and seemingly unsure over his own tactics too. And our best players, the likes of Danny Ings, James Ward-Prowse and Stuart Armstrong are struggling to rise above that. I'd expect changes though, considering we just played on Sunday evening and in defence, Jan Bednarak had a bit of a shocker up against Shemi Vardy and Kelechi Iheanacho at Wembley. So he could be dropped for our summer signing, Mohamed Salasu, who hasn't had many opportunities so far since joining the club from Real Valladolid, but has looked quite good when he has had a chance. Elsewhere, I'd expect Che Adams to return for Nathan Redmond, but if I was a Spurs fan, I wouldn't be too concerned about that It's swapping one ineffectual forward for another. Maybe that's too harsh. It's just difficult after watching us against Leicester to be anything other than pessimistic anyway as a match prediction I know you guys are struggling too under the special one but to be honest I only see the game going one way and that's a routine Spurs win 2-0 to the home side
0: Hello and welcome back to the third and final part of the last one on Spurs. You just had a Southampton preview there ahead of this game to come this week. Another midweek game for Spurs ahead of that League Cup final. So Southampton at the moment, 14th in the Premier League, 36 points out of 31 games. And I know this season, like I say games come in thick and fast. I think it's one of those games where at the moment we just want to kind of get it over and done with in terms of the Premier League. Um
3: What's your thoughts on going into this game against Southampton? It's a must-win. Like they all are. I think we have to literally have to play our strongest eleven that we that we know that he he has to play. Mm. Um, Who he's going to play? I don't haven't got a clue. I think I think Kane shouldn't play because of obviously what happened the other night. So who does he trust? Does he trust Bale? Does he trust Son as a as a number nine? Does he trust Vinicius to come on and do something? Because I haven't been that impressed with Vinicius this, this season, I'll be honest with you. But it's just, it's just sad. Um, it's a must-win game, and I think we have to go out and, and, do as, and do it. I'm not, I'm not holding much confidence. So you know, Kyle Walker Peters with an assist.
0: <laughs> Rich, come around to you. We, we're discussing <laughs> always back four bingo and just not knowing the the team that Smell's are going to put out. But bear in mind, we've got a Cup final to come later of that weekend. Um, What kind of team are you expecting, Rich, ahead of this one from a Spurs perspective?
2: It'll be interesting to see because I think the team that we see against Southampton will tell us much about what we're going to see on Sunday. So I'm wondering whether he's just going to throw all eggs into the basket for Sunday and we might well see quite a scratch team against Southampton... Um, I'm hoping not to see Bale start. I'm hoping not to see Delhi start. I'm hoping not to see Kane start. I'm hoping not to see even Son start. I'm just hoping to see a real scratch team put out and that he goes, all right, do you know what? On Sunday, I'm going to throw everything at it and see, and see what sticks. And from now, I'm hoping... But the players turn around and go, well, you know what, I know we're at war with him, I know we have but listen, this is a final, let's go and give it, uh, give it a go. And so I think the team that he puts out on uh, against Southampton will tell us much about what we're going to see at the weekend Versus Man City So I'm hoping he does that I'm hoping that he gives Delhi a start On that Sunday And he gives Kane the start And he gives uh, uh, Delhi a start mm-hmm. And just and throws everything at it So I'm, I'm kind of like Listen, the league's gone It's finished, yep. it's over yep. see, see you later So put, uh, I'll, I'll put a pair of boots on I I've have got go. enough yeah. time to go and get an anti-gen test done Fly back <laughs> over Five days isolation. I'll go and play at left back. Give Reggie the night off. I'll go and do it. Give, you know, I'll go in goal. Give, give Loris the night off. Yep. So put a scratch team out. Doesn't matter. It's all about next Sunday now, isn't it? Of course, it is, Jamie.
0: I'm not going to ask you to predict the eleven because, um, quite frankly, with Jose Mourinho, that's quite impossible for <laughs> to, to do. So, I mean, if I was to ask you, Jay, what do you actually want to see coming out of this game? Because I think it's evidently clear that no matter what the team at the moment, there is a real, real lack of identity about Spurs, as we've mentioned throughout yeah. this show. Yeah. Ahead of the game on Sunday, do you just want to see some fight in the Spurs team? Because you do feel, I mean, I say fight, we haven't seen that for a while, like I the last couple of months. What do you want to see ahead of this game?
4: Oh, um Look, I mean, firstly, I don't, I don't think we'll see anything. Unfortunately, it just, mm. it's got to a situation where I'm not expecting anything. I, we're not going to get anything from this. Uh, this, you know, we're not going to get sort of a reaction. We're not going to get a, um, you know, all of a sudden we're going to go out and absolutely blow Southampton away. Um, there won't be that sort of reaction. But yeah, I mean, look, the focus is now on the cup. The focus for me now is totally on the cup final. away I'd rather we kind of put out a side that maybe has the cup final in mind on Sunday. Um, I want to see maybe some players rested and given that um, and maybe thrown on at the end, if you want to give them a bit of a slight run out ahead of the um, the cup final. But for me, I don't expect anything. We're not. I know we're not going to see anything either. It's got as much as I hate being that negative. It just has got to that situation where um, I just don't think we're going to see anything from this group of players um, and this manager. So, um, I don't know what to expect against Southampton, but that cup final, they've got to put their differences aside. Of course, Alderweireld, we never know what's happening with him. No. With Joe Roden out, I think he has to play in the, and I don't want to see any sort of um, um, p- politics coming in involved in that, in that um, cup final in terms of selections. I want to see Gareth Bell back in the team. I, again, just bizarre. He had that one poor performance against Arsenal because he wasn't tracking back and defending. Because obviously Gareth Bale's really renowned for being that brilliant defensive player. Um, he is. Um, I just want to see Gareth. I want to see. I want to see Spurs go and put their best eleven out, and I don't want to see any sort of politics involved. It'll it, 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 it be so
0: deflated, it. like you say, on bow there. If bow is back at top and does not make, you know, a cup final team, you know, and the opportunity Spurs what, you know, once in the last thirteen years Spurs get to a cup final. Yeah. Gareth Bow is back at the club and doesn't get into yeah. that starting line will be so so despondent. He was injured
3: last time, but, wasn't he?
0: He was, but this is the thing. Jose Mourinho, we've seen that relationship with Bao this season. Clearly, it's fractious, so it's so difficult to know. Boys, we'll do a quick fire prediction before we discuss very, very quickly a couple of minutes on this European Super League. I'm going to go 1 1. And what are you going to go for for Southampton? <laughs> <laughs>
3: that faces it all. Oh, well, no, lads. It's just which Tottenham turns up. Um, yeah, I'm going to go 1 1, Rick. 1 1. Just, just to sit on the
2: fence, mate.
0: Okay. Rich has come round to you. What are you going for? Don't care.
2: <laughs> don't care. It's all, about, it's all about Sunday. All about Sunday. <laughs> don't, don't care. 4 0 Spurs. There oh, you go. 4
0: 0 Spurs. On. We must be sticking the reserves out for this one, Rich. <laughs> Blimey. I reckon so. Yeah. Vinicius, all four. I love it. I love it. What are you going for, Jay?
4: Uh, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go for a two-one win. I'll probably end with a bit of positivity, but uh, yeah, I don't think we'll see a a spectacular performance. I still think that Spurs, even in the rut they are, are kind of in the situation we find ourselves in, I still think we'll have just enough quality to beat Southampton, Mm. um, which is just shocking to say. Just about Southampton,
3: Southampton,
6: lads.
4: (laughs) (laughs) You you tell us, and go on. You're you're the man. Let me just get get my notebook notebook out, and I'll write this down.
3: Carl Walker (laughs) Peters assist from the, the right-hand side, whip it in Danny Ings' header.
4: Oh, difficult. Do, you know, do you know who else as well? I know exactly who else is going to score. Um, that ex-Arsenal guy, <laughs> Theo Walcott. Oh, you know,
0: know
4: he's going
0: to say Don't
2: start doing that to us. <laughs> do you know what I love about this show? Is Go that on. Jamie's half my age, but he's twice as sensible as me. <laughs> 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 Never stop being Jamie, Jamie. I'll oh,
0: <laughs> Just to finish, lads, um, on this show, we have had some news that there's potentially going to be this European breakaway league. Now, senior UEFA figures are furious that 12 major European clubs, including the big six from England, and yes, Spurs at the moment still are being seen as the big six from England, believe it or not, despite horrendously as Spurs are at the moment. But the likes of, like I say, uh, Arsenal, Chelsea, Liverpool, City, United, and Tottenham are part of this group. Uh, at the moment, I've got to say, there's no real confirmation of, on this particular story. So it's one that we're going to wait to see with bated breath. But Rich, what's your feelings about this potential breakaway league?
2: Well, like you say, Rick, there's there's nothing confirmed at the moment. So everything we're saying at the moment is literally riffing. But what has been said is the most strongly worded UEFA statement I have ever seen. And I've watched for the last... God knows how many years, players being racially abused and racism in the game being dealt with by UEFA with an absolute powder puff, with no fines, barely any fines, barely any punishment, barely anything uh, talked about. But the moment it looks like that the pound in their pocket or the euro in their pocket is being uh, a bit under threat, there they are issuing these sorts of statements, but they should be issuing for racism, and that 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 is everything that's wrong in the game. So that that's that's firstly, it's because that's something they have done. Let's wait and see what comes out from it. If this is a breakaway uh, league that does form and not maybe some leverage by the big clubs because of all the reforms that's coming in in the UCL and the Euros, et cetera, and there is actually a breakaway league, I can't see how the custodians of the club for just 20 years out of 138 years can have the right to be able to take the club in that direction without any recourse or any... uh, Uh, dialogue with the fans. Enoch aren't the club. The current board are not the club. I am, my dad is, my granddad is, my sons are, and their sons will be. They're the club, not Enoch. So uh, uh, watch this space. It's a developing story. But at the moment... It, it, it's not right. It, it, it stinks. I get the game's changed. My first game in 75, the mm. club looks nothing like the club I started following.
0: No. The, the
2: stadium, everything, the whole of football. So there has been a gradual progression of more and more and more greed and avarice and money and everything else. So I, I, I get that people are saying, well, the game's already changed. This is just a, a, another step. But man, this is some this is some mad, mad big step. So, but uh, overall, shame on UEFA for the, for the statement they've put out tonight and the way they've dealt with it because it's the pound in their pocket yeah, rather 100%. than than players of
0: colour that have 100%. been abused for years. I know what you guys think. Anything to add on that, Anthony? Jail? Is it just a case of waiting to see? What do you What do you guys reckon?
3: I just think wait to see what happens. Yeah. I'm I'm not I'm not in agreement with what what was what's been said or what's going to happen. Um, I think it will lose the love for football and it will lose the love for the club that I've always supported for 40 years, you know. Mm. Um, We as fans have got a a right to say what we want what we don't want.
5: Yep, I
3: agree. I I think the club needs to listen.
4: Yeah, yeah. would you reckon? Uh, I think I think you're just scared of kind of what what happens if it doesn't work out. You know where where it leaves us. Of course, it completely alienates us from the Premier League. Of course, you see them coming out and condemning it, UEFA. So you know if if something wasn't to go right with this league, then where does it leave the clubs that are in it? Um, so I, I, that for me is kind of something that you know I'm very very cautious about. But I think Richard absolutely 100 spot yeah. on. You know you want to see them coming. You know if they can put that much effort and and that strongly condemn something like this they should be doing it for situations like racism we've just seen pathetic situation of um of the uh Slavia Prague player game, being given a 10 match 10 match ban for racism you know when someone like Kieran Trippier I think he was banned for maybe the same length of time if not longer for gambling so it's just I uh, know it's just again it's it, that that was totally wrong for me um and, I, and you just want you want to see that same energy used and again it was just because you know the, the money situation came in it they 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 released such a statement. So I think yeah. Richard was spot on there.
0: Definitely a story to keep an eye on. Listen, guys, you're going to be back in the safe hands of Mr. Richard Cracknell for our game against Southampton. Let me thank our wonderful panel for tonight. And again, a difficult show through with Sutton. They're all difficult at the moment. So thank you for bearing with us. The wonderful Andy Custer back on the last one on Spurs. <laughs> and thank you so much as always.
3: Thank you, boys. Thank you, Rick. Thanks, Cracklers and Jamie. It's been nice to see you again. And uh, yeah, can't wait for Southampton's game on Wednesday.
0: So we keep saying can't wait. <laughs> Jamie, thank you as always been
3: an
4: absolute pleasure. No, my pleasure. And uh, yeah, thank you to all the listeners for, for tuning in as oh, always. Man. Thank you for your support as well. And, yep. and great to have Ricky back and uh, oh, yeah, great to talk him. with all the guys. So yeah, really, really good show.
0: Thank you so much, guys. Thank you so much for all your support as well. But this man leaving you back in the safe hands with him for Wednesday night to come against Southampton, the wonderful Richard Cracknell. Rich, thank you as always for all your support. and that you've done throughout the season, the listeners, Absolutely loving you. And, oh, man, I'm letting that continue and letting you take the flow. The safe
2: hands, you say. I'm I'm the Joe Hart to your Hugo <laughs> Loris, Ricky. Let, let, let me, let me tell you've you. You've caught not, more
0: not. than me this season, Richard. I was going to tell you. You've a, a bit more
2: safer than my hands, I tell you. Uh, like I said, the boys have been brilliant. Yep. And given social media and how they, and how tricky it can be on now, mm. I've had very, very few tweets or, or social media interactions where people have gone like, "Oh, can you not get off? I can't stand your like Guy Ritchie accent any any longer." And so, yeah, listen, all the listeners have been have been brilliant, and uh, I just want to say a massive. I often say it on Twitter, just you know, the, the love I've had. Doing this has been brilliant and uh yeah, I've loved it, absolutely loved it. And do you know what, listeners, it's helping a good man out in Ricky Sacks because he is a good. he's a fine, fine man, and Pleasure. I'm very proud and privileged to be helping him out.
0: He's absolutely diamond, especially guys. Man. Listen, guys, thank you so much for all your support, all your love. We'll be back on Wednesday looking back at Southampton, previewing the Carabao Cup final. Trying to get some excitement going there. I'm not sure it's going to work. But listen, we're back, as like I say, on Wednesday night. Guys, most importantly, keep safe, keep well. And as always, come on, you Spurs. Sports Social Podcast Network.
6: With the Lucky Lands slots you can get lucky just about anywhere.